killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Scream 1 and Scream 2 to me very much feel like a contained unit Where you have both of these stories that like it just naturally continues it. Like it feels like I said um, when we did our first the episode on the first movie. This feels more like uh, Scream Part One and Part Two, and yeah. that the third and fourth one are true sequels. And it really functions in that way too, where the two movies are just kind of part of the same story. So while the first one's over, you're kind of content and it's good. It's exciting how yeah. the second one picks up with all of them as adults recontacting each other, being like, "It's back! It's back in town! Are you guys seeing red balloons again?" I don't think we I don't think we actually killed it. Like we need to go back to Derry and we need to deal with it once and for all. People who yeah. have now moved on all of different careers, different professions. It's very exciting. That's wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it is. And it's exciting. Like That's a really good pitch actually. The way that you're pitching it right now mm-hmm. is, you know, we're Cuz they think they deal again. with it. Like they think it's the problem's over, but yeah. not quite. And then so that it's coming back for Yeah, round 2. It's got a, it, that's part 2, round 2. Okay. All right. I'm into yeah. it. It actually um another Another little horror series that does that is uh, Dead Space. Yeah? Yeah, Dead Space is a lot like that. Um, the second game feels like... A continuation of the first? Yeah. And yeah. the third one feels There's... like a new chapter? Third one, yeah, it feels new. feels cool. like its own little story, but right. number two is basically like part two of Dead Space. Scaredy Cats, I'm in the corner now. I've got Dave's Xbox. I've been playing Dead Space. I'm on chapter four. Woo! It's a blast. I'm really getting into it. It's super fun. Isn't it scary? It's it's Dude. good and scary. I mean, yeah. At the times where I'm watching it with the lights out and the volume up, I've I've like yelled at the TV a few <laughs> times. It's so good because there's a lot of jump scares. It's a real jumpy, mm-hmm. but not too much. It's not like a James Wan movie. It's like well paced out. And yeah, <laughs> they come at you just every once in a while when you're least ex- like truly when I'm least expecting it. Yeah, like I'll be walking down the hallway, do 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 do, gonna go get some energy. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> and the thing will it. like come like a snake like thing will shoot through the wall kind of look around a bit and then retreat and then it's dead quiet again and i'm like uh and i'm like <laughs> tiptoeing towards that hole like kind of peeking through it and like okay i guess it's gone and then just move on with my life yeah i and know. pretend it didn't happen i know exactly what part you're talking about <laughs> when you walk into that big room that has the elevator in it that leads up to the bridge and down to that's like the one the blow that's the one you're gonna have some fun in that room my friend cool um, oh god i love dead space so much so it's um, been a lot of fun. There's so much of that, and it'll keep going where they'll just be like some echoing sound. You don't know where it came from. Yeah. You know, and you just gotta, you're in this room, you're like, well, what now? Do I just open the door? I just heard a huge roar. Fuck. So you then you open the door, and who yeah. knows what's gonna happen. The sound design in this game, man. Like, you'll be walking and you'll hear a scream or a weird, like, crunchy monster breathing sound, and you're just looking in every direction and you can't see anything. Yeah. Or yeah. you'll hear, like, scraping or, you know, scrap. <laughs> Yeah, shadows will pass on walls when you turn around and nothing's there. Yeah, and they'll even do like the horror strings with like those little visuals. They'll right. Like, <laughs> like really fast when you see like creepy and stuff. And then it'll just, the sound will drop out. It'll it's drop. It's quiet again. Yeah. Yeah. They know, those motherfuckers know what they're doing. They watched a shitload of movies to like a uh, shitload of horror movies before they made Dead Space. And it they, feels like, like a space horror movie yeah. that you get to walk your way through. They studied also, like, I just love this fact. They studied, like, um, pictures of victims of, like, car wrecks to, like, help make the enemies, the monsters. What? The, like, horrible, like, yeah, like, the th- um, the thing is a huge, like, inspiration to their monsters. No, wait, you said videos of car wrecks? Like, bodies? Pictures of people who had been, like, d- like 
mangled in car wrecks. Oh, that are God, like why? Part of the inspiration. The, surely there's got to be another way to do that and look yeah, at. Yeah, you can make it up yourself or you can look at what happens to a human's body. Ugh. Isn't that horrific? Well, I hope. What's a game studio that makes this? Visceral Studios. I hope Visceral Studios has a great health package and all these people, <laughs> de- developers and art designers, are able to get the therapy that they need because that's <laughs> a fucked up thing to stare at a lot. What do you think? Just out of curiosity, when you watch a horror, like a really gross body horror movie or something like that, do you think those ideas come out of thin air or do you think they saw some shit? You know, when you see gore, practical effects, like really gross stuff on people's body and bodies in movies, mm-hmm. that often comes from like some crime scene photos. Mm, that's nasty to think about. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I just... You, you, just, love, you love the realism in horror movies. You love the realism until you realize, until you realize that what, how the sausage gets made is they're <laughs> looking at actual bodies. Yeah, pretty horrific, huh? Yeah, but I mean that's deep horror. They tried really hard for this game, and uh, I just great. can't say enough great. It's amazing. It. It's amazing that they had to look at real corpses to design like 3D bit, <laughs> the 3D graphics of that same stimulation. 3D corpses that are going to run at you and cut you in half. I love it. I love how if you don't cut off the limbs, they'll come back to life. And how they illustrate that is when you do finally cut off those limbs, even when it's apparently dead on the ground, it shows the little like octopusy like parasite that lives in the shoulder the little tendrils yeah, yeah it's like that was what was still alive like you think they're dead but there's still that being in there that will eventually take control of the whole body and come back at you oh man once you understand what's happening great i cannot wait yeah it's great we'll report back just for ourselves more than anything else yeah and mostly for me anyway thanks for tuning in to dave's game corner it's been another ep um yeah scream too man scream. we watched the first this is the first time where we're watching a sequel almost immediately after we got to release our it episode yeah. which uh, we've speculated so much on this morning, but we'll be releasing that episode before this one comes out, which, so. is, which is strange. But uh, yeah, in terms of the uh, chronology of our actual lives, yeah. last week we ended by watching Scream. This week we're starting by watching Scream 2. Yeah, which I could not be happier about. Yeah, and we've never done it before. Mm-hmm. We've never done back-to-back one and two. It, Woodsboro is fresh in our minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was still alive at the end of the last one? Can you recall? Uh, okay, so... I'm just bad with the names of all of them. Please, yeah. I will remember Dewey, of course. Uh-huh. Courtney Cox's character's name. Gail Weathers. Gail. Um, uh, the main... Sydney. Sydney Prescott. Yes, I got Sydney, of course. Um, and... Was the dad alive or did they kill him in the end? Is her dad dead? I can't... He was like gagged up. He definitely got caught. I don't know if they... He was like gagged up and in the closet or something, right? Something like that. I think he might be alive. Randy's still kicking too, right? Yes, right. The Randy Marsh. Yeah, it's not Randy Marsh. Not Randy Marsh, but <laughs> Randy, Randy the the horror. Yeah, so it's weird. Jamie Kennedy. I just listened to on a podcast the other day, like yesterday. Really? I was watching, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this is so crazy. And he was just talking about just still trying to get gigs. Like there's this whole slew of like actors from who ha- were hugely famous teen actors in the late 90s, early 2000s who, you know, made five, six million dollars in those years, still live in LA, can own a home, have enough money to kind of retire on, but are just still kind of floating around and trying to get gigs and going out for auditions. And a few of them do land series and they get later shows. But yeah. a lot of those people that we love, like they have enough money to float, but they're still just trying to make it and trying to, you know, live their <laughs> yeah. lives. They just have the luxury of, oh, finan- financially, I don't have to worry about anything because I had those good five they to got ten that years. Boone starting money yeah yeah i can like kind of ease continue the career the career of an actor yeah trying to get stuff without any pressure exactly but there's still resentment like hearing him on this podcast and talking (laughs) talking to another one of his buddies who is best friends with devin sawa they were just like talking about themselves and their lives and the things that they want 
And there's just like a little bit of like an air of bitterness and resentment about like, why am I still not able to do the things that I love? You know what I mean? Yeah. They seem like a little like not satisfied with where their lives are. Well, I mean, he wasn't that good in the first one. <laughs> I th- I really like him, but maybe it's I like the character more than anything else. He was up against Seth Green for that part. And who else was it? Because he was talking about Scream. Mm-hmm. So it was down to him because, of course, this is a Seth Green part, right? The horror movie nerd oh, who's like yeah, going yeah. through like he would kill. He would be so good in that. And Jamie Kennedy was virt- virtually unknown at the time. And it was mm-hmm. Wes Craven, apparently, that stood up and said, no, he'll be better for it. We've seen too much of Seth Green and other things. Let's wow. get let's get this kid in. So he really rolled the dice and helped him get later roles because of how good he was in the first Scream. Wow. Interesting. It is interesting. So Wes uh, stood up for him. Well, rest in peace interesting choice Wes Craven I found him to like I mean he fits in the movie but like a lot of the characters in that movie were way over the top I, I'm Just, probably way too close to make an objective yeah, judgment on like, this like way over the top for someone who's like not like very close to that universe right like he was he, to me he was a silly character like I but come on man he's got all those horror facts at hand he's informing everyone I don't dislike what they wrote for him to say but I mean <laughs> it's the dude himself is like yeah a but that's kind of us right like we love oh, spouting off horror facts he's behind you he's behind you he's behind you oh his yeah. performance yeah like that felt a little more like it. a Sopranos character or something yeah well, that was my best memory <laughs> I'm walking here yeah I, yeah, I don't I'm remember I'm watching horror movies here <laughs> I'm watching horror movies here that's what he was like um, yeah, he just like when he was drunk at that party and like, you know, mm. narr- dictating the movie as like the same thing was about to happen to him. Right. I'm like, oh, this this isn't going down smooth. Uh, disagree. I love it. I, I think it's an I, amazing. Performance. I love what happens. It's the performance I don't love. But fair enough. Fair we're, enough. We're different sides in that one. But let's see how he does in the sequel because he's uh, still alive. He's he's a character. He's part of the movie for me. I hope he stays. and I'm happy with him. Ghostface is back. Uh huh. We're gonna see some more stabbies, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the one of the two that, or the one of the whole series I remember the most. I feel. Oh, like. really? Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I cool. mean, and like not that I remember it well, just like every other movie we watch that I've seen. Um, but I feel like I almost know what'll happen. Cool. You remember who the killers are? Maybe. Well, it's always killers, and yes, I knew that there's there's two of them. Okay. Um, and I feel like yes, I, I I'll say to you maybe after, so it's not on mic, what I think will happen. Well, I mean, what's the difference? You can just say it on mic. Oh, I just don't want to be wrong again. <laughs> oh, I see. But, well, I, okay, okay. Yeah. if you care about that, then we don't need to... No, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. Okay. Um, I think it's... Sydney um, Prescott. It's Sydney Prescott. <laughs> now, uh, I can't remember who the dude is, but I I know that I feel like one of it, one of them is the mother of one of the previous Interesting. Killers. You could be confusing it with the fact that in the last one, they said it was Chuka Chuka's mom. Anyways, let's just watch the movie. That's what I think. Okay. Trying to th- throw me off. No, throw me off with paper. Wow. No, no, I've, I've lost all confidence and I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> cut this, Chris. Cut it. All right. It's cut. Um, well, I think we should watch the movie Scream. I like that idea Would a lot. Would you like to have a drink and watch Scream too? I do. Cheers. Hell yeah, Chris. Why do we kid ourselves? <laughs> Cups, uh, pint glasses, steins, wine glasses, shot glasses. I those are steins. Um, they're all just a middleman, though, aren't they? They are. We just want straight from the bottle, straight from the keg. Straight off As the Barney floor. Gumble says, injected into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> when he wins a lifetime supply of Duff beer, he's so overwhelmed. <laughs> just injected into my veins. Injected into my veins. Okay. <laughs>
Uh, and they they instantaneously comply. They pull up an IV and a needle. Just <laughs> injected in. Uh, classic Simpsons. Classic Duff beer. Um, we should go back and just watch The Simpsons. We can watch some Simpsons. We should watch some Rick and Morty too. Mm. I'd love yeah. to watch that. I'd, uh, let's. I'd love to just get high and watch that that latest episode again. Have you only watched it once? Uh, two times now. <laughs> would you be down for three, or is that too much? Of course, I would be down for okay, three. Cool. Who do you think I am? I'm Dave. God damn it. And I watched things three times in a row on the same day. I watched it twice yesterday. Yeah? Yeah, the Rick and Morty episode. But Game of Thrones only once. Yeah. That's more of a time commitment. That's like It was hour an hour 20. 20. Yeah, it was a long, long one. I th- apparently, next season, they're all going to be super long, too. I, I like that. I don't know how they can predict that at this point, because they're still filming them, I think. But I like it as well. I agree with you. I, I think you can kind of intuitively know. It's like, well, we, we, were forced, we were forced to cut out every character traveling from destination A to B yeah. throughout this whole season. Mm-hmm. So let's make these episodes a little longer so that we can fit it in. Give that time. Just a few travel shots. Or a couple more episodes, but I get that they've already committed to this I, seven or whatever. I feel like Eight. it's six, I think. Six more. Six. That's it. Uh, fuck you guys. But I mean, I, I feel you're like wonderful. I feel like it's six movies. I feel like we're that's the way I'm thinking of it in my yeah. mind is we just get six Game of Thrones movies back to back every week, next summer, maybe even next fall. Like yeah. this shit, because it, it always gets a little bumped, you know? Yeah. Well, now that we're at uh, an hour 20, they're basically movies. Yeah. We're basically going to get That six, was a film. That was a like, Game of Thrones movies. Yeah. Although a Game of Thrones movie would be would, like three hours. If at like, the yeah. very least, and it would be terrible. Okay. So we have three Game of Thrones movies coming out all in two parts. Yeah. Each. Two part Game of Thrones it's movies. It's going to be such three. a weird thing for it to be over. To be like, oh, yeah. he sends Tide. That's all. Oh, he... But the, they're going to continuously offshoot off of this world. Well, they've already now. greenlit one, right? I mean, yeah. there it was big news when HBO said, we have funded the development of four potential spinoffs. And then they chose one of them to yeah. move forward with. They will never stop with the juggernaut that is Game of Thrones now. Just like they're going to continuously right. make, moving forward, they're going to do some new Harry Potter stuff. They just will. It'll never end. It'll never die. Game of Thrones will never die. Yeah. And Game of Thrones, I think, is arguably a much bigger world that they've set up than Harry Potter. I mean, you can just yeah. go to any family and then their history, right? Like the Wildlands. Let's go. Sure. Let's trace that whole genealogy, you know? Yeah. Because they're oh. somewhat descended from the forest people. The first men. And stuff. The first men. Yeah. Yeah. I don't totally know the history there. Yeah, that's a that's a spinoff. Um, just the spinoff of like the little um, altercation between the blanks and the blanks on the road while blank was happening. Right. That's a movie. That's a movie. That's a whole movie for the reason that they have the the original text that the Three Eyed Raven needs. You know, yeah. the original one or whatever. You know, something like that will happen. Let alone future events in Game of Thrones world. Like we're treating sure. we're treating the end of Game of Thrones like the end of history. But like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a period of peace that comes and yeah. other shit will arise. I wonder if they would ever continue the show beyond that like the Daenerys era the like whoever survives at the end of this whole thing will it continue is it possible that it continues or did we really tune into the end of like thousands and thousands of years of fictional history and it finally reaches a boiling point yeah these are good questions it's also it's such a unique thing and ultimately it seems like it's just going to be a good thing whereas at first it seemed like a sketchy thing the fact that the show has to end before the books because now the show will end and fans will be excited to like actually read oh well what is george r R. martin going to do is he going to have the exact same ending it's going to be more developed and detailed for sure that last book is going to be big yeah well there's two two coming out still aren't there there's still two you're probably fucking right man i I, well i know i feel like you know more about the game of thrones verse but i feel like there's at least two more to wrap up like it's a seven i thought it was a seven book series and five are out and there's two coming one's almost I, out i would buy that i would buy that that they're getting yeah because they're up by a season now which yeah. kind of feels like they're up by a, like ahead of one book yeah 
But it makes it must make George R. R. Martin feel like, you know what, this is fine. Like they can roll out a more shallow presentation of an outline that I gave him how it's gonna end, but then I'll give him the real meat and bones years later, and that will be well, something to be pumped about. I feel like I heard um the interview after an interview of George R. R. Martin where um he hadn't seen the finale to Game of Thrones or like the second to last episode of this season, and he was like, No spoilers, no spoilers. I don't want to know what happens yet. I haven't seen it. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? It is. I he wonder, wrote it. I know. He must have just given them like the the most barest of bones then to let them have a little bit of freedom with it. But that's that's crazy because even the barest of bones needs to cover like 29 characters right. like right. reaching a conclusion. Yeah. Right? It, it definitely feels more like this whole season when I look back on it like more um, oh this is TV writers writing for these characters than actually something based on a novel that is so dense. Like character choices and developments and behaviors we're so much more sophisticated and articulate, I feel like, in earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. And this season, it feels like a little more rushed. Characters are acting unlike themselves. They're a little more yeah. erratic. There's some moments of that, for sure. But it also feels like they've laid the groundwork. They've they've said who these characters are. They no longer need to defend those characters. They just need to act out their storylines. They don't need to give us a bunch of runway up to like what happens to Littlefinger because... Littlefinger's been doing shit since episode one. Yeah, but then we can evaluate based on everything that's been built up. Is this actually how this character would act given everything that we've built for him? Right. And for Arya, I think most of all, I feel like it's a... Well, all that was like a play. That's what we learned is all of Arya's weird bullshit, Auntie Sansa, like their whole back and forth all has been... to kill Littlefinger. A largely, large, largely a play. Yeah, you know? I've got to... Yeah, I definitely got to rewatch that just to see how how i feel about it because it felt it felt uncomfortable but maybe you're right maybe all that there's comfort was calculated yeah there's that because like moments moments before you know and again this is a couple weeks back spoilers if you haven't seen it yet in a game of thrones um uh little finger was like seeding um the yeah i don't know the the war between sons and aria um and he was like he just had kind of gotten that like real solid wedge between the two of them by like planting that little note and then um in the very next episode or two episodes like whatever it is sans is admitting like this is the worst case scenario Arya's trying to kill me she's gonna murder me she's gonna become the lady of winterfell it all makes perfect sense and then when it comes time for execution Arya's like is this really what you want to do it's like this is what we're doing and then they turn it on little finger like you did not have us leaning all cool and calm in the corner yeah you did not have us. We are finally able to take you down. This is how, you know, we have surpassed you in terms of your like knowing one being one step ahead of the people you're playing. Yeah. This is showing that you've been surpassed in that yeah. game and you're out of the Game of Thrones. It's it's just like Billy Loomis's mom to Mickey yeah. <laughs> in the final scene of Scream 2, isn't it? It is exactly the same. A little less dragons, but <laughs> A couple- deception deception and excitement all the way through to the final moment mm-hmm. and i kind of had it i kind of knew what i was talking about yeah like i the- i remembered that it is billy loomis's mom and i remembered yeah. which character was billy loomis's I, mom i was i was thinking that though in the first movie like when we're, when, when things are wrapping it? up about billy though yeah, yeah like yeah. oh and, really yeah that the mom that when they were saying like your mom stole my dad and broke up my the marriage yeah i was remembering at that moment in scream 2 i'm like isn't that why 
Very nice. Yeah. Then yeah. So I did. I was right about that, and I felt really just. I didn't think it was going to happen. Actually, as it went on, you kind of threw me off in the beginning of this recording. Good. I'm glad he did. And uh, and I thought Courtney Cox died, but she just gets blasted, and she's okay. I had forgotten who the second killer was. I had forgotten that it was Mickey because yeah, I didn't know. I like, don't know. Mickey's kind of underpresented, like in the yeah. throughout the whole movie. Like he's he, almost he there, there, just you seen. He's just there to be a killer. Yeah. You know, like that's almost lazy. And and like we were saying uh, off mic a little bit. Um, this was first of all a rushed movie. This movie came out almost mm. twelve months after the first one, which like that's a tight frame to write a good movie, that's shoot it. Yeah. Apparently, he was writing dialogue for scenes on the day that they were filming them. Like it was an yeah. insane pressure. See, that's the stuff that I read about in Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah, 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 those like very interesting facts about like scripts leaking, um, the rushed writing, yeah. that just everything. And rushed that's about one of the it. biggest ones is that as they were shooting, scripts leaked, so they wanted to change the ending. They're like, we don't want the ending that leaked to be the one that's out there we want to play with it a bit which is responsible somewhat for a little bit of its clunky feeling like it still ultimately works it's but the whole the whole thing about mickey not having like any press like he shows up at a few scenes at the beginning and then they're just like oh yeah it was that guy from earlier you know yeah it It would have been nice to see him have like a little bit more involvement it was that guy who got like called the tarantino like the yeah um yeah what's the dude's name uh the movie the horror movie buff randy 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 calls him out in that like who could be the killer right when david arquette goes like all right let's move past it because they're both suspects <laughs> and we both laughed at that how amazing is that uh college class of just like fun witty students who are engaged who are calling out the teacher yeah. who are all cracking jokes sarah Everyone's michelle geller tim oliphant just in in college Joshua jackson only Joshua. in that scene he is a huge... Well, actually, no, <laughs> this is 97. So this is the year before Dawson's Creek. So he was cast in this movie so to be a dude with a few lines. He did one day on the set. Guaranteed. And then he's Dawson's Creek. And then he got to be the, one wow. of the leads of Dawson's Creek the next year. Man, Scream really did well for everyone who was in it. Yeah. No one suffered from being in Scream. Yeah. Well, the, and they also brought in talent that were all already huge at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what Sarah I mean. Michelle yeah. Gellar was already doing Buffy. The, the same summer she filmed I Know What You Did Last Summer. I mean, a lot of these are huge working actors at the time. Both Nev yeah. Campbell and Sarah Michelle Gellar have hugely popular shows that what, they're on high. And Courtney Cox. What, and what about Jada, Jada Pinkett at, at the time? What did, what yeah, was she, she had where done she? some. She had um, been in, I think, a Spike Lee movie or two. She she definitely had some roles, okay. but she wasn't a big TV actor. But those are the three, three of the leads. They had to film this in between seasons of Party of Five for Nev Campbell. Yeah. Buffy for Sarah Michelle Gellar. And friends for Courtney Cox. So they're Which, all, they had a brief <laughs> window to make the sequel too, because they were on, those are long running series. Those series, and I mean within a season itself, those series have like 22 episodes per season. So right. they only have a few months off, three, four months to all come in and make it work to do this insane sequel. But it, it's worth it to That's get that crazy. talent. That's crazy. That is crazy that it's, the project still came together under those circumstances. All of those, are, and it turned out decent, like great. It's really good. It, yeah. It's definitely like scream caliber. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't like it doesn't suffer sequel syndrome where it's just complete bullshit and you shouldn't count it or it's like in a league of its own or it's a completely different movie. It's one of those rare sequels that both um, maintains the tone, um, builds on the very unique um meta aspect of the first movie like they don't decide like all right so for the second scream we're going to take it in a different direction we're going to do this with it it's like the same two killers the same like screen presentation the killer acts the same the same actors 
you know, it's, I don't know, it's one of those sequels that really is a part two. You're totally right when you said that. Yeah. It just feels like a continuation of the first. It came no, out quickly. And you, you said it very well there, too. Like, it just, it very much can keep the same tone and style and punchiness of mm-hmm. the first one while still saying more. Like, it's still adding yeah. on to it. It's not just repeating the same shit from the first one. It's building on it. Yeah. And this is where I think the third one stumbles because they almost run mm. out of things and commentary to add to it. Yeah. So it ends up just being silly hijinks. Um, notably, the horror movie director trope references were significantly less in this movie. The first one, it was just like every second line was right. a reference to a horror movie. Yeah. There is a, I mean, we get it heavily in the film class, of course. And yeah. then a few lines after, but you're right. It kind of dies off as it goes on. Yeah. And even the, the lines that they do bring up are real simple, obvious. You don't skip over it. It's pretty clear that they're making a reference to a movie. Right. Um, yeah. And the funny thing is... one point where Randy, before he gets killed by Billy's mom, I thought that was like a good kind of giveaway somewhat because he's actually disparaging and shitting all over Billy before... The mom goes to town on him right. in the back of the van. Yeah. Um, but there's one line where he's in the park and he just shoots off like four or five of them. Like House of House. Oh, of he Sorority says some Row. titles. Yeah. He says um he says a bunch that are like much lesser known slashers. Yes, they and are. He references House Two in when they're in the room there. Like that was yeah, that was where they're saying good sequels. The one guy who's trying to defend sequels references House Two. Yeah. House being like a notoriously kind of terrible. Yeah, well, I great. think I'm yeah, I, like they're more definitely more periphery horror movies that are. They are. They're digging it, more deep into the. I want to look this up. Um, we should just know just for you and me for conversation after is like what he guessed was the killer's favorite horror movie the first guess that he guessed that randy guessed yeah do you remember what that was what title no i don't okay because i'm curious about Let's that check it out. Yeah, because yeah. that's ba- like that's got to come directly out of that he called it you're wondering if he calls like if the ending of that horror movie is similar to the end of this one as like a little tease that or there's probably some connections or if like that's coming from you know Wes Craven's brain specifically is like right you know it's a lesser known but he's like this is your favorite one clearly mm. is what Wes Craven's version of a horror buff like the true horror fanatic thinks would be a killer who is basing his murders on horror movies what that person's favorite horror movie was yeah that's like deep 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 meta level predictions of this has got to be a good movie or at least it's got to be something important to some of the people involved in the writing process you know what i mean yeah no that's a good call we should should i really want to know what that one is but that's so the third one doesn't like i feel like it just tries to triple down on it and it doesn't really work also you don't have kevin williams writing it you have someone else coming in Uh, to write the third one i believe um, but either way, it doesn't, it just, it just ends up being a bit silly and they do, they do, it's like a good attempt, um, because it's like on the set of stab three. So it's oh, like, awesome. we're already going to, we're going to rush past. Have you, you haven't seen scream three, right? No, okay. I haven't seen three or four. I won't say anymore. I won't say anymore about it because we should watch those. Okay. Fair enough. Eventually. Yeah. Maybe we'll take a little break, but so third kind of stumbles a little bit. And then four, I find bounces back because it's been 14 years since they had made a scream movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that element of time that you can, we've had a little bit of a breather from it. We can come back to it somewhat fresh. And then also technology has changed so much. So instead of like just being, you know, killers on those old 90s cell phones, yeah. you have webcams, you have smartphones. There's all these new elements cool. that can come into play as tools for the killer to use. Does it, is it a little less funny and a little more like dark maybe? Man, it's like, I've only seen it once, I think. I saw it like that, in the theaters when it came out. That sounds but appropriate. But my memories of it is like this, a tiny bit of hijinks and it's, but it's more effective hijinks. Like there's a really amazing opening scene, which I might just show you the opening scene because that's really fun. Let's um, just watch it. Yeah, put it on. Fuck it. Um, and then the rest of it in my memory is just kind of maintains the, the solid tone of the first and second one, and it's exciting, and it's fun, and 
Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I love it. I, I have, I'm back into scream. Yeah. I fucking loved both those movies. Doing them back to back was fun. Yeah. It was a blast. Um, I, these movies will always, they're, yeah. That's such a place in my heart. God, I've seen movies where it, like it's it's a whodunit, it's a murder after murder. I've seen slashers. I've seen people get torn apart. I've seen all all of yeah. the things that that um, feed into the excitement of this movie. But there isn't anything like it. No. There is not anything like because the way it's. First of all, you have amazing writing that's like making self aware commentary on the horror genre as it's playing out. It, but uh, amazing writing that's not just like your modern day run of the mill, like clever quipping back and forth. It's like a it knowledge. Yeah. It stands out in that it's a knowledge of what's happening, but it's also like, these are what the nineties version nineties writers think teenagers are like. Absolutely. You know? And, and you have incredible performers doing all these roles. Yeah. Like there's not, there's, I think there was one moment, I forget which performance it was, that were like, that was a bit silly. Like one kind of line delivery or something like that. Yeah. Might have been a, court, like a random moment, but that was just simply a bad take. Overall, like the performances are fantastic. Sarah Michelle Gellar does an incredible job. She did not bad, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> in just that moment, like just totally committed to it and not being like an overly stupid, dumb character. I, I think the performances improve from Scream 1 to 2. Yeah? Yeah. Well, in particular, you were mentioning Randy because at, at the top of this episode, you were saying you didn't I like that character. Ripping you on him you came way. around. On I 180'd on Randy because like he's now, he's a human. He's not a silly, you know, gerbil man who's just doing ridiculous things. <laughs> that, that's a gerbil's a reference. Um... <laughs> He Bridget gear reference gotcha nice um he was so ridiculous in the first movie and so was um not billy but the other killer oh matthew lillard yeah he was in they were insane and they were the ones that we commented about how they talked like an inch away from each other's faces <laughs> like w- the acting in that movie was so like you've seen it so many times and like i, I know it's hard for you to comment it really it's, it really is it really is hard for me and it, maybe i'm conflating randy's performance across two of them into one giant package but i love randy as a whole in both movies i said very clearly that in the first episode uh or scream one um that we did i said how much i preferred thomas middleditch's um movie horror movie nerd character to the intelligent dude who's filling everyone in on what's going on yeah and and you commented like he's a um thomas middleditch's better performer maybe he's a funnier performer it's their same general role but they're different performers Seeing Randy in this movie, that blurs the line between those two because Randy in this movie is much less of an annoying, silly, weirdly written character for my sensibilities and was like, now he's like, he's gone through something. He's a little bit more mature and he's not just like screaming, you know, horror movie cliches at people. He's like using them in intelligent sentences and like, I don't want to die. Like he's just, he's more, he's a more fleshed out character and he's like more subdued and all of them are. Man. They're less teenage characters. That's so interesting, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like, get that d- distinction at all, but... I like them all so much better in this movie. Like, the, the performances, like, it's a lights-on, lights-off situation. It's so different. I really, like, I love how much Cindy uh, fights back. Sydney fights Sydney, back yeah. in this one. Like, she just, especially, like, in that final well, scene on the stage, she's, yeah, like, okay. kicking ass. Yeah, she does. Even as we were watching this, I was thinking about people rating top final girls, and how Sid- Sydney Prescott always kind of gets near the top. And for most of this movie, I was thinking, is, is she really that much of a fighter? Because she seems to be more like kind of cowering somewhat. But the way she kind of dealt with that whole final end scene, I think, really cements her. Maybe not at the top, but near the top for sure. Yeah, I feel like um, another thing to add on to that thought is that she had significantly less interaction with the killer in this movie. In that we saw scenes where um, the killer killers were attacking other people completely unrelated and she would learn about that the next day or 10 minutes later or it was the team of 
um, Dewey and Gale who would learn about it. Like they were leading the movie for a long it period was, of time. It was definitely much more, and definitely like once you leave the second one and go into third and fourth, it's an ensemble film. Exactly, like, that's what it was becoming. More characters, yeah. That's exactly right. That's what I was feeling like, in this movie, and it's great for all of them because they have less screen time, less shoot days. So they can only be on set for three weeks. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. But you're all. right. Like, there's not too many. Even think about all the main characters. You have few scenes where. You have Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, even like in like it's always confrontation scenes, right? Yeah, I love that she slapped the shit out of her right at the beginning. (laughs) I was waiting for that. I cheered. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I get every. That's what's important to me about the screen movies is that (laughs) Gail gets hit by Sydney. (laughs) But I like I love the writing of these. Like these are just such great slashers. Even aside from kind of the great performances and the fun little quip, like they're just the writing structure of them is so so good. To have then in this one, oh, there's another reporter who's like trying to warm up to Gail Weathers and learn from her and get a scoop from her and to have that be the kill like that's just such great slasher writing I think yeah it really is like because I think it shows like both sides of the spectrum in that in the movie as examples like that's great writing for introducing a brand new character who actually is a callback character and they explain why she looks different why no one recognizes her recognizes her and she if you don't know who she is which I completely had no concept she comes off as just this annoying silly side character who you keep hearing from yeah but she turns into being like the most pivotal a very key character from the original one that we weren't even really aware of but then solid then you introduce timothy oliphant and not at all the same he's in like a few scenes and he becomes a very very important character so he's someone who's brand new introduced but they don't really build him up very well no he's a dude that billy loomis's mom met online who's like he's an happy and wants to be Yeah, the lead of some big trial. He's an up and coming serial killer. Yeah. Which the way that they like in this world, in the world of Scream, that they like idolize movies is just like it's really satisfying. I think for people like us, yeah, you know that the movies mean more than just like entertaining someone for ten dollars a ticket. It's about like creating a legacy and how he wants to create a legacy through the court system, through like, yeah. the yeah. publicized like trial. I like that. I really like that. That they're like, um, both of them, they're like exit strategies were playing the media afterwards or playing the system after mm-hmm. it all happened. Both of them, both killers, even though they had wildly different ideas and one of them ended up not succeeding. Um, and oh God, that just reminds me of how silly it was when she said is like, they always seem dead, but they always come, they, they always come back. You know, and then he jumps up and he's like all covered in blood. Then shoots with the elephant. Just, the bullets flip him over himself back yeah. onto the foam blocks. Yeah, he just flies like a rag doll backwards and tumbles over those foam blocks. Yeah. So his motivation was like a weird, like a, a true, true serial killer fashion, just some kind of a celebrity big attention thing. Being yeah. Part of the lead. And but he also supported. he also thought he was going to get away with it. He was saying this has never happened before. I'm going to blame the movie. I have done this in such a way that it's justified. It's basically, um, it's all the people who were involved with that original incident that turned into the movie. All of this is justified. And that's how it plays into the horror movie tropes because it's making, that's its new contribution is, oh, this character is saying horror movies are so widespread and they're such an infected part of our culture, like all of us characters in this movie world who just quote horror movies at each other, that no one has yet taken that step to blame those horror movies for the killing themselves. And that's, how he introduces this new step to it. Exactly. Whereas Billy's mom is just old school, like 80s horror movie. She even says it herself, revenge. I'm just old school revenge, baby. I don't care about these horror movies (laughs) or anything. And it's neat how it's a mom doing that too. It's like a generational gap between the kids who are everything that's motivating their behaviors and their quippy lines or horror movies. The mom, just revenge. Yeah. And uh, wow, It's, it's awesome that now, you know, like mother, like son, 
They both have been defeated in the same sort of effort. But it was cool that um, basically then if you think about what happened between the mom and this like... Billy? Uh, Billy. Or, or No, no. The mom and the serial killer that she met in... Mickey, yeah. In, in Mickey. Um, she would have played up his plan to like, yeah, no, this has never happened before. You're going to be able to blame it on this movie. That's how we're going to get, you know, the first few people. That's how we're going to get this all started. You're going to... This is bulletproof. This has never been done before. And she would have played that up. But in her head, she's like, good. He'll do a lot of the, the work, the leg work. Yeah. And then I'm going to get not only do this, but get away with it because he's made himself the dude like mother, like son. That's essentially what Billy's doing with Matthew Lillard's character in the first one. Right. Because Billy is like stabbing him too much. Like, I fully believe that Billy was just like, I'm going to kill off. What's Matthew Lillard's character's name? I cannot remember what his character's name is. Yeah, but he's he's like, because Matthew Lillard's like, man, that one cut really deep, man. <laughs> yeah. So you're just doing exactly yeah. what I was going <laughs> Man, that cut really deep, dude. I, I know, I know it, it, it is a little <laughs> over the top, but I hold that performance dear. And I really sure. love it. Of course, if you've seen, you've it, seen it enough times. the world of the movie. Just like, it, it's that same world where a dude can get up on stage and start singing a song to his girlfriend to get her to trust him. You mean, and have everyone clapping along. Get That's up the on the world. cafeteria table. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's the same world where a lot of, a lot of very crazy things happen. Jerry O'Connell from Sliders, man. Did you ever watch that show? Um, I feel like I must have, but it was like, on it's Space not... Network all the time, like in the late nineties. I loved it. It was like slider. I think it it ran for like seven seasons or something like that. But in the latter half, it changed networks, and that that really coincided with a declining quality of the show. Mm. But the whole thing, and it's also oh, what's the main kind of fat guy from that show? Sliders. He's in a bunch of other sci-fi things. But the whole premise is it's like three or four sciency people who build yeah. a teleporter that can just open a gate to go into another world, another reality, yeah, yeah. a parallel universe. And once you're in that universe, for some reason, the technology says, oh, you can only be here for two minutes or you can be here for this amount of time or the gate will close. Like the gate will only right. be open for a finite amount of space. Okay, that sounds familiar. And basically, they first try it. They go to a parallel universe. They don't know how to get home. So every episode is them jumping to a different parallel universe to see, is this our home? Is this our home? And sometimes it's not, it's immediately apparent. Like in mm. one of them, women have mustaches. This is a true episode. I remember it vividly. So they <laughs> wow. show up and like, oh, I guess this isn't home. And then our one crucial, horrible episode, they show back up. And the way that he always tested it, especially because some worlds look so close, they don't know. Mm-hmm. The way he always tested it was he'd, he'd open his gate by his house. And if the gate squeaked, he would know because he had a squeaky gate in his home. Oh. So this one episode where they could only be there for like 10 seconds before they had to decide, is this a reality or not? Or otherwise we're stuck here. So they go in, he checks the gate. He's like, it didn't squeak. And they go in. And then the shot just remains in that world. And it's like the mom or something saying, thanks for oiling the gate. It sounds much better. Oh, shit. So you're like, no. That was it. That was like a season one cliffhanger or something like that. Oh, shit. Season one or two. But it was a fun, fun, weird sci-fi show. I'm sure it does not hold up at all. That sounds exactly like the um, comic series Black Science, which is, yeah, they're they're these um, dimensionauts that are... I'm traversing the onion, which are all these different layers of this multiverse that we live in. And yeah, they, I get it. Onion. I get it. Yeah. They hop between different realities and it's just fucking awesome. Right. Yeah. If any of our listeners who know what I'm talking about, they're probably like, yeah, black science. Yeah. I only read it cause I have a savvy friend, not cause I have good taste. Cool. Yeah. But scream, man. Back to scream. Scream. That was Such a, a like funny, over the top, insane for like a murder to happen and a book to come out and a movie to already be made. Yeah. It's hilarious watching Stab 
and those scenes because it was like one for one and seeing yeah luke wilson in that in that stab clip here's man here's what you got to do now let's do it because if you want to go do scream five it's got to be gail weathers as the killer here's why let's hear it she was in on it all along with every killer and every previous scream because these stab movies the dialogue that they have in the scenes are so similar to what actually happened in those scenes that someone would have had to hear like the the way that um what's her face the one who's playing heather graham who's playing drew barrymore in the first scream in the, in the yeah, stab one you yeah. know what i'm talking about yes i do her dialogue with, with the Wilson. killer back and forth is what's like your favorite almost, movie yeah it's yeah. almost word for word beat for beat it, that yes it is so if that is true if that same dialogue happened then someone else had to witness that exchange so and that Gail, comes directly out of Gail's it book. It comes out of her book that got made into the screenplay. So and Gail she wasn't Weathers, there when Drew Barrymore got killed. Correct. So right. she had to have an ear somehow connected. So some kind of tapping the lines as every killer did it. She has to be orchestrating the whole thing, the whole get-go for her career. That has to be the next chapter. That's very difficult to deny. Because <laughs> otherwise it's absurd to have, and maybe it's just a fun, silly thing, yeah. but it's absurd to have like the dialogue in the stab movies be so parallel to the actual events that happened in Scream 1. Yes, although Scream is the meta movie, so it's the only movie where that makes total sense. It could. The, the lines would just be exactly one for one. Because I feel like that yeah, could happen yeah. inside of a Scream movie where they could like be watching a horror movie. Like that happened in the first one. Like they were watching a horror movie and then they're like, Those he's behind you. Yeah. And then it was ha- like... So there's a little bit of magic to this world. But I I'm think saying a if I magic. was to write to be tasked with the fourth one, I would find a way and I'd study all of them very carefully to make Gail the killer and the orchestrator over all of them. Yeah. It'd be... It, it probably, that feels fans, good. Fans might hate it, but that's what I would I would explore as an option. It's Dewey. Dewey's too dumb, man. <laughs> Dewey can't do it. First of all, here's the other theory. <laughs> Let's hear it. Dewey's not a cop at all. He has no jurisdiction because he's that motherfucker is employed in Woodsboro. Okay, mm-hmm. he's like a deputy assistant in Woodsboro. He somehow can just take a leave of absence to go t- to Sydney at college and just hang out. And literally I thought this, he was like the shots. The opening shot of him is just like wandering around, confused on campus. I thought he was like not a cop anymore because he was injured. Is that what happened? I th- I don't know. I didn't see anything to justify that. Wasn't but he, he in just... outfit? Wasn't he in like uniform? No, mode? no, no. Okay. He was just okay. wearing okay. C- civvies. I like this. I like this. Leave. So the injury got him kind of recused. So he's riding a nice public salary for his injury and everything on a okay. workman's comp. And he's feeling like the hero to be there for Sydney. That's great. But he's kind of useless. He's kind of a useless dude. And that's why well, I, th- I think Scary Movie plays into that a lot by in a very problematic way by yeah. making him just anyways yeah i remember that since we talked about it last yeah they do bad scaredy cats you can look into that if you want further elaboration just yeah. go see a scary movie it's not the chillest thing in the world um <laughs> we can let that go um but what gail and um dewey were for a lot of this movie were the, like the protagonists who were leading us around like they were the ones who were at the school you know just mm-hmm. wandering around like trying to find yeah, I don't even know what the fuck they were doing, but they were just together going through the. Oh yeah, they started on the phone with Randy. Yeah, um, and then saw that he got killed, and but then they continued. They continued trying to figure out what was happening. The two mm-hmm. of them specifically. So they had a ton of screen time. They were like the focus in like the middle of the movie. Yeah, and now you have the whole will they won't they between those two characters, which was effectively established in the first one and dragged yeah. out over this one and continued. And I really, really, really thought Dewey was dead. The way that he got stabbed up again yeah. in his back. They said yeah. they said something about his scar tissue or something as they were wheeling Moy on the gurney. Yeah. Well, no, they hit another nerve, dude. In the third one, he's in a wheelchair. Oh fuck! No, <laughs> fuck <not>. you, <laughs> fuck you, Chris Vandenberg. 
I so many scenes where they were like in those editing rooms and the soundproof rooms remind me so much of Urban Legends Two, Urban Legends Final Cut, because that's about um like a group of film students making like scary movies and stuff. Getting so it, stabbed. It, it, up. Like it's adjacent. It's definitely riding the wave that Wes An- Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson, that Wes Craven <laughs> and Kevin Williams made with Scream. Yes, Urban Legends and I Know What You Did Last Summer mm-hmm. are definitely just kind of riding that wave a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is why I like uh, Faculty stands out. Like it, it's definitely keeping those we 19 movie vibes. But it's like, oh, I'm gonna lean back into the canon and not look at slashers, but let me look at some body horror type movies and channel that what would that be like for high school in the 90s sure that's i can't wait to do the faculty so fun such a killer soundtrack killer cast insane direction it's just yeah a plus can't wait i i chuckle a little bit every time we use the term killer to describe anything in these movies (laughs) any slasher film yeah i thought about argento at a bunch of moments too because he has a few movies that like opera in particular is like an incredible slasher from the 80s Hmm. and it's so well shot and it's just the same kind of setup it's like one of us is a killer. Who is it? Who is it going to be? But you have that Argento magic of just some beautiful shots, really creepy scenes. Very patient a music. A goblin soundtrack. Yep. I <laughs> didn't even know, but I knew. <laughs> you didn't know, but you knew. Man, Goblin's coming here next month. Yeah, I do know that. That's Who is Goblin? How many people? I don't like... know. I bet they're old. I can't. I just can't imagine a bunch of old dudes just playing that like, kind of aggressive music. Around here. But also, it's the kind of show that like I'd get halfway through the opening number and I'd be like, I'm good. Got it. Yep. <laughs> Got it. You guys did that, you know, 40, 50 years ago. It yeah. was fun. What makes me so upset? Not so upset. What makes talking, you so upset, I'm Chris? hyperbole here. But <laughs> there's nothing wrong with hyperbole. What's disappointing is that Goblin is coming and then eight days later, because as all you good horror movie scaredy cats out there know. And I know. Synapse is releasing the 4K restoration of Suspiria next year on Blu-ray. There's been 5,000 copies. Maybe some of, some of you got a copy of them. I just might buy one myself, despite not even having a Blu-ray player, just because it seems like a sweet thing to get my hands on. I and do. It's a movie I love. You, yeah, I'll, I'll come play it at your place. Yeah, absolutely. So they are screening that. They're touring all around. We finally got a Toronto date announced, and Goblin is going to be here like one week before. That's but how crazy. cool, like if they could have just lined up and got, because they do these kind of screenings, and Suspiria is far too small to do a big venue like the... Um, Roy Thompson Hall, where they do mm-hmm. these normal screenings where they get a full orchestra to play along with Jaws. But if in the Royal, you could get Goblin to play the soundtrack along with watching the Suspiria 4K restoration would be just beautiful. And they, they, they miss each other by like a week. Yeah, that would that would be killer. But I mean, how oh. could Goblin play along with like, Suspiria's like, okay, so we just build now. Can uh, someone get a defibrillator uh, uh, on yeah. stage, please? <laughs> <laughs> but there's, um, I don't know where it's been put on or who did it or who the orchestra was, but there was um, some bands or orchestras that were playing along with Nosferatu. Uh-huh. which is a silent film so like actually having that like orchestra top to bottom at all those moments and just like it's kind of silent and then like <laughs> coming in with the strings like i can't imagine how great that would be that something would be great, like that yeah. some sort of like the jaws one has got to be amazing yep like i would love to see some live music on top of one of these horror movies because these horror movies benefit more than most from their music their musical choices especially in those really tense scenes absolutely Music plays so much. Like, that's like, why I want a good, strong, heavy-handed score in horror movies. I really do. Right yeah. now I'm craving it more than anything. Yeah, and Scaredy Cats, if you're also craving it, check out anything by Sean Byrne. That, that'll that just, yep. just do it for you, for sure. Yeah, and that's not necessarily, like, 
aggra- like in Devil's Candy, yeah, aggressive soundtrack. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But in Loved Ones, like like he's just a genius about picking the soundtrack, the score that perfectly fits each movie. Yeah, like, uh, but it's like metal inspired. Yeah, in, in Loved Ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a good amount of metal in Loved when Ones. When I think of music in Loved Ones, all I think is... You think that possible? Yeah, of course. Oh my God, that movie, man. Well, yeah, no, that really sticks in my head. But yeah, it's very metal inspired. We commented on it. We on, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sean Byrne is being like, he just loves metal. And Yeah, loves metal and is just a great judicious soundtrack chooser all the way through. And Nick Winding Refn is too. That's why yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. heavily inspired by uh, Suspiria. Like I just... I, and I was watching... um the guest the other day which is adam wingard and simon barrett's i need to sci-fi i need to watch horror. the guest again because i didn't love it that much and everyone loves it i loved it and this is my second time watching it and i didn't it's i i still really enjoyed it a lot some moments reminded me so much of argento it's crazy like there are some sequences that it's like oh this this is straight out of an argento movie but also the soundtrack which i had entirely forgotten is such a synthy digitally like it follows mm. neon demon type soundtrack okay. all the way through Sure. And it's a weird movie. Like it's not, it's hard to, it's, I think it's horror enough to kind of consider horror at some moments, but it's more like, I feel like it's more aesthetically horror. Like it reminds, like visually and sound sonically, it reminds me of things like Argento, but, but plot wise, it's just like kind of a very simple, straightforward, weird, almost indie movie with a high concept sci-fi element in it. Right. Yeah. Do you, like, do you remember, can we talk about the plot a lot? Do you remember? Yeah, we can. Um, my memory of it, like I'm, I'm losing it now because it did fall in the, in like an, an era where I watched like 30 movies yeah. and they all blend together. But like they just, the premise is like this old, like buddy of the, their deceased, like son or something exactly. who like comes in is creepy right off the get go. Like the synopsis is like, a military dude with a mysterious past, a stranger comes into their house and does weird stuff. And he's played up as like something weird or wrong about him the whole movie. And then he kills people. Like that's my, that's pretty much it, man. You got it. Yeah. And that, (laughs) that's not, it's very micro in terms of plot, but it's, that's why I think it's much more of an aesthetic film than it is a a good story or like a solid, exciting story. So that's where I'm letting it go is like the build up to all those things happening. Cause you know, the whole time he's going to do some bullshit and then he just does. It's not, it's not a film to watch for like an incredibly broad story. It's very simple, Mm. but in terms of like, uh, an experience that you're just watching and you want to see a lot of awesome shots. It's similar. Like I just, Adam Wingard's direction is so watchable. And yeah. Okay. Is, like as I watched death note recently on Netflix and it's an amazing movie to watch just for the shots, like how every shot is lined up, the composition, how yeah. everything is like just people moving around rooms is so exciting because he's such a fucking good director. He is. But the writing just didn't, I, I, I turned it off. I didn't get through the whole movie. Oh my God. But the shots, <laughs> like it's worth watching for how fucking good the guy can move a camera around and capture subjects. Yeah. No, he seems like his eye is all about like yeah. where the camera is looking and that's I, what he's seeing. I'd totally forgotten that the lead of the guest or the, the teenage daughter is the girl from It Follows. It's, she's oh. in there too yeah yeah oh cool so there's just like these incredible shots of her of her brother of her family member like just yeah it's it's definitely worth revisiting and i do really like that movie it is it's yeah. worth revisiting it why is. do people think that i will i must now because now you've said it too. again don't go for story go for aesthetics like you're going and you're appreciating the shots you're appreciating the feelings that it's evoking the weird looks the unsettlingness of yes this kind of weird creepy dude is doing strange things but also a beautiful specimen of a human. That guy is gorgeous. He's a gorgeous boy. Sure. Yeah. I've never watched Downton Abbey. Dan Stevens is his name, the actor. That's where he's from? Yeah. He, well, that was his first big thing. But also, dude, Legion. Legion. You haven't watched Legion yet. but And that blows my 
fucking mind. Okay, because it's on. like a superhero Legion. TV show. Oh, oh, the show. Yeah, not the movie. No, okay. correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Not I'm the like Paul I, Bettany. I feel like I've Angel-y. seen the weird Angel movie. You have? Yeah, I think so. I, and think, I think it was fun. I'm getting that one mixed up with Priest and mixed up with like there was a bunch around the time yeah, that just kind of blend together. Like, yeah, it was like you need to watch fucking Legion, dude. It's done by FX. It's just a ten episode first season. I'm sure there's another season coming, but it's like it's my my favorite superhero thing all that's right. ever come out. Let me. All right, so there's some terrifying moments. There are elements of horror so well brought into that show. Okay, but if you had to choose right now between like this is really just a conversation for us, but your friend Dave needs to watch a show. Is he gonna watch? Um, Ozark, or is he gonna watch Legion? God damn you, Dave! Yeah, Ozark, Legion. Dave's holding up both his hands as options, and I'm like deathly focused on each hand going back and <laughs> Even forth. Even though they're just my hands, there's nothing on them. Well, the thing is, o- Ozark is on Netflix, so it's easily accessible, so you can go and just watch that. That means very little to me. I'll download anything. Okay, then Legion. You say Legion over Legion Ozark is poetry. It's so fucking good, dude. Mm. I'm I can't wait to start watching it again because. Okay, first of all, it's going to scratch that horror element. There are some terrifying things. Okay. They, they'll come a little later. That are part wait. of it. Um, but sci-fi wise, it's like it's got an incredible kind of looping effect where kind of things play out and you're just taking the scene as is, but then you're going to kind of go back again and it's going to kind mm. of get more nuanced and layered and thicker. Oh, cool. Like so, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, like i'm making a bit of a joke but that's the thing that they do consistently in how i met your mother is they'll play out a scene where ted remembers it and he's like he's at some party and he's talking to the captain and he says um he says all their lines are as you know you'd expect it and then it goes back and they're like no ted you were wasted at that party and then he's saying <laughs> all his again. lines but he's like yelling them and he's like you know right he's like three minutes behind you know like it just makes considerably less sense and it's like Ted, you weren't talking to the captain. You were talking to this person. And then it changes the character who's in the scene. So by the end of the episode, you've seen the same uh, scene a bunch of times, but they've changed all the elements of it. They perfect. do it. Yeah, they do it one where um, Robin's telling the story about letting a stranger hold Lily's baby. And then by the end of the story, it turns out to be Mike Tyson. And they <laughs> went to a strip club. <laughs> oh, that's I, I need to rewatch clearly. Um, scary guys, you should know Dave is a big How I Met Your Mother fan. I think oh, that's I your go to sitcom at the end of the night, right? If you have to put one on. I think it's my favorite sitcom. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'll commit to that. And that and Happy Endings has been a lot on our plate these days. Let's go to the Instagram comments. Um, just, I guess, to cap up my nice discussion about Suspiria and Goblin coming to Toronto. Celtic Girl 65 said, I love Dario Argento films. This is on the Suspiria episode post. Suspiria is one of the greatest horror films ever made. And I fully agree with you. Yep. Love yep. that shit. Are you going to come see the restoration on the big screen? I really hope so. Because, like, while Suspiria didn't, like, you know knock me from the earth to the moon like it did to you. Uh I really, really loved it. I have never seen anything like it. And watching a whole bunch more horror movies after that, you can just see its effects. Yeah. Or you can see where, you know, something tried to do something similar or the color just brings you back. The sound brings you back. And being able to see that on the big screen with the Goblin score full blast in the Royal in that theater. Yeah. Like, and those colors, like we're going to see it at a a sharper quality than we even watched it. Uh, I know that's, it's definitely worth it. I think it's worth checking out. I forget what night of the week it is, but I'm going to try to get you to. Yes, but I agree. Job and come see that. I'll quit. Um, (laughs) Definitely one of the greatest ever made. I I totally agree. And we have a um, comment here on Instagram on our Annabelle creation post. Oh, that's somewhat recent. Mm-hmm. Um, by Gorilla Fornia. <laughs> 
I always get the greatest usernames. This is so so much fun. Gorillafornia. Um, Gorillafornia. California gorillas? Yes. Do 13 ghosts for the next episode! Exclamation point. Exclamation point. I watch that movie like every other day when I got it on VHS. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. So. It's happening. It's happening. We are. We just do what we're told. Yeah. <laughs> we don't argue. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I'm Chris Vandenberg. I'm David Stonebra. And as fucking always... Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Rich teens live in castles, chaos reigns. Have yourselves a wonderful week, scaredy cats.